This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show at 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Morning, all. Um, we just um, Morning, I enjoyed that. Yeah, we just... Uh, for those of you on the Decade channels, on, on the main, uh, the, the Absolute Radio channel, we just played um, the fall song, um, Totally Wired, which ends with him saying I'm always worried about four times it's such a great way to end a pop song I'm always I enjoyed worried I my heart and I agree <laughs> my heart and I agree is from a, an old um, light operatic song I think is it really? yeah we are in Ooh, love yeah. with you my heart and I I think it's that one we're getting a lot, an awful lot of look, oh, lookalikes sent in for Frank this morning lookalikes, it's always a great theme on radio shows <laughs> I I'm going to plough on with this okay. um, we've got Dan Walker for you and uh, the someone says when did Frank start to manage Benfica Jerry oh, Charlton. I'll have to check that one out. I, I, I can't call to mind immediately the manager of Benfica. Okay, I, I will be what? showing. <laughs> call yourself a football fan. I know. One thing I did get right, though, you know, and I don't normally do football predictions, but you know when I said when I, I, went, I was going to the England games that that would be the Delta variant Cheltenham Gold Cup. Oh, yeah. And now yesterday, it was officially a danger to public health. Euro 2020, I felt so proud. You heard it here first. Well done. I just remember there was like a sort of a simulated Mexican wave of uh, NHS pings going round the... (laughs) All round, beautiful, like a... Like a um, harpsichord. Lovely. Anyway, that's football. This Today's big football question... Um, in women's football, do you miss a penalty or do you have to miss a penalty? Oh. <laughs> Lovely. I think it'd be good to establish that now in case I get it wrong. There's a fellow uh, Merlin fan. Uh-huh. I, I just... Uh... Oh, ho! <laughs> <laughs> This is a surprise bit of the Vine diagram I ended up in, actually. Uh, Yeah, Al started watching it with his kids and they loved it. I finished it. Here you go, Al got drawn in. What did you think about... I don't want to get any spoilers, but what did you think about the the actual Merlin makeup in the last ep? When he sort of went... He went sword in the stone, Merlin, suddenly. I don't don't remember it being, like, jarring. Why was there a... Well, because he's been a young, young handsome guy and then suddenly becomes uh, Sword in Um, the Stone, Merlin. You know Sword in the Stone, Merlin. Yeah, I know that, Merlin. White beard, pinty hat, that one. Well, Cindy Bryden says, uh, I just finished watching all five episodes of Merlin on Netflix. Series, Julie. Series. Well, when she oh, said that, she's... I mean, forgive me for assuming there were only five episodes, no, but I'll continue. Them. If there'd only been five episodes, I don't know what I would have done with myself. Well, mm. <laughs> um, which took me about a week. Wow. I never understood how people could binge watch she that. Under, hours. Is she under house arrest? <laughs> <laughs> I never understood how people could binge watch for hours until Merlin oh, came along. Oh, this makes me so happy. All I can say is that the show is, and she's gone caps here. Yeah. The show is epic. Amazing is epic. acting. Amazing you know story. And thirdly, and I like to think most importantly, amazing scenery. Wow. <laughs> what I, when you said Block Capitals, I thought she was going to say magic and that would spoil <laughs> the whole thing, but she didn't. She retained her dignity and I respect her for that. Very typical of the people, I think, who contact this show. Smart. I mean, I think, she retained her I dignity done... by watching all five series of Merlin I in a week. Give it a try. You said to me we've recently. Of, um, Emily, said to me, <laughs> yeah. Emily said to me, Al. Emily said to me, do you know what? Yeah. I'm starting to see what you mean about American box sets. I and did stuff. say that. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I you know what? That. It's been a long haul. <laughs> uh-huh. but I think we're getting there. Let's let's watch some uh, British box sets. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but don't see that as a gateway drug to Sylvester McCoy. N- well, I don't need one of those. <laughs> I'm already in the clinic, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, S- Sylvester McCoy. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. On Absolute 
Can I tell you what happens is I turn Al up on the desk and then um, every time I do it, the producer mm. moves across and turns it down just a tiny little bit. Okay. In case I speak. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, why don't you put a bit of tape across the top then you wouldn't have to do that. So one week it happened, it hasn't happened since. And I've realised that she needs that. Well, it's a sense of control. Okay. Listen, right. Gary asked... Aspley has been in touch, Frank, mm. and I think he sounds like a nice friend for you. Okay. Because you know I don't do friends. Well, I know, but I'm here to change that okay. because Gary Aspley, Al, starts uh-huh. with uh, Big Up British bo- Box Sets. Okay, that's a okay. good start. Yeah. Big Up British yeah. Box Sets. Just started Peaky Blinders. You know what? Oh, I yeah. haven't... And then he said, coming from the Midlands. Have you watched, Frank? Sorry if you've already discussed previously. Now, everything about that makes me think he'd be a good friend for you. He's from the Midlands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He likes British box sets. I had a lot more friends when I lived in the Midlands, certainly. (laughs) Well, that's the pub for you. I just think, you know, people, birds of a feather. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that as a box set, by the way. Uh, and I like that he says sorry if you've already discussed previously. No, well, you know what? I have never got into Peaky Blinders because I'm not... Um, I, I don't cope very well nowadays with ultra-violence. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, I'll be all right. Um, yeah, I'm fine. With I that. remember <laughs> started watching something on Sky and in the first two minutes a man was eaten by a polar bear and I thought, you know, I, I can't... I just can't do this anymore. Where's Mer- Where's mm. me Merlin? <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> well, they do have um, a body count, presumably, but they die by sort of glitter and things, don't they? Well, Magic. There's, not, there's, not oh, many, right. there's not many deaths in there, okay. to be honest. I think it's a, it's a show that um, is about life. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't cope with people getting, like, you know, razors out and stuff. There's enough of that in my Ooh, domestic in, world. In, anyway... Okay. In real life, I cut my finger on a tin of corned beef the other day. Very gruesome. It's, it's, um, it's a fabulously working-class injury. Isn't it? On, on a tin of corned beef. You were exactly. doing national service at the moment. No. <laughs> <laughs> How's the powdered egg ration yeah. getting along? It was one of those highly relatable moments for Emily where the corned beef tin didn't have the little shut key up. on it. And oh, so it I was trying shut to up. Open it. I have. Was, was it told one that, us you'd never eaten corned beef? No, well, I've seen. I have seen it being eaten on mm, TV. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, it's really worth a try. So it was, be careful on the tins. But was it one that needed a key and hadn't got a key? Yeah, and I was oh, trying to. Oh, God, uh, I was trying to do the other way, where you just open it like a tin, and then. Oof, Guys, and wouldn't that so be the I've most got, disappointing thing if you I've found a, a key or something? And you thought, mm. oh, what does this open? What do, what <laughs> does this lead to? What a magical portal? Yeah. And then you found out it was an old I, corned beef. I thing. think it happens in that children's <laughs> classic, The Lion, the Witch and the Corned Beef. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fabulous ending. I, they slightly give it away with the title, but nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> they all have a sandwich with pickle. Oh, I yeah. might do that in my will, is leave a key to someone. And it becomes their they whole life, the quest. It's a great story. What does it open? <laughs> and it's a corned beef. I mean, how depressing would, they, would that be? Well, it depends how, <laughs> on their partiality. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you that I, uh, I uh, was uh, determined uh, to check... Oh, hold on there. I've been stopped oh. mid-flat. Oh, I, mean, it's fa- I, I can't work like this! on Absolute Radio. I wanted to... Um, <laughs> Make sure my, I wasn't completely convinced as as it starts to get a little cold, a little darker in the mornings, oh. that my underfloor heating was working in the kitchen. So oh. I, it occurred to me last night. So I thought <laughs> the I'll struggle ri- is real. I thought <laughs> I'll write it on the back of my hand. So what you have to do at my age um, to remember it. Um, yeah, and uh, it occurred to me that if Kath. I just wrote on the floor and I thought, if Kath went missing <laughs> and the police called me in and they saw that on my hand, I mean, the whole house would be... Yeah. It would be... Be careful uh, what you write on your hand. That's the moral of this story. Throwback to the Trevor Jordash storyline. 
Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Oh, Brooks? God, do I remember that, yes. I think for those of you who don't, um, Brookside. <laughs> was a, um, a set in a Liverpool sitcom, not sitcom, a soap, mm. in which the beautiful yeah. Beth uh, Jordash buried her... Anna um, Friel. Buried her dad uh, under the um, patio. Yeah. Sean... We didn't know then. Spoiler <laughs> for anyone that's taped it and was serving anyone it. Anyone who's just buying the box set on the stand of our Buy British box sets <laughs> slightly <laughs> dodgy campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know what he's trying to do, Al, with the Buy British box sets? So, oh, yeah. You know, stuff like, he's got some of those copies of Shane. I'd say, I don't think that ever made the box set uh, level. Can you get Shane on DVD? No. Oh, no, um, you can't. You can't get it anywhere. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been erased from. It's a 1984 type. This is a, a memory hold. This <laughs> is a, a sitcom I wrote some time ago, which has become what I believe Orwell calls a non-person. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's any non-sitcoms mm. in 1984. I suspect there isn't. Uh, I read it fairly recently, and no, I don't think there are. But, but you're right, it has been memory hold somewhat, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I, it was, I would have classed it as one of my favourite books until I read a, a, a Russian uh, novel called We, mm. which um, seemed to be very, very, very similar. And then I thought, oh. well, give George benefit of the doubt, he'd probably never even heard of this. And then when I looked at it, we'd reviewed that book. I think it's one of the most... It's literary's, literature's greatest, I'm having that. <laughs> yeah, outrageous. Sean Holly Lake Trucker has got in touch... It's all right, I thought about it as well, but I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, has got in touch to say, in days gone by, a wise person always saved a spare key for opening things like corn dog tins. Hashtag just uh. saying... Yeah. A, a corn dog, can I say, is very different from corned beef. What are you, I don't understand what a corn, a corn dog... dog. Maybe the tin opening system is similar. Well, no, because um, I wouldn't think of a corn dog in a tin. A corn dog is... It's like a hot dog, except it's completely enclosed. It's encased in bread. You haven't, you haven't got a slice and a sausage. It comes within. I remember it's I went... a giant um, licorice torpedo... Um, hang on, yes, that is exactly what it's like for, for meat eaters. Oh, so yeah. hang on, hang on a minute. Does the bread form a sort of bread... Is it meat within a sort of breadstick? Yes, it's, it's yeah. bread really? armour. Really? Bread armour like for a sausage. Like yeah, a capsule with a sausage in it. <laughs> yeah. Can it's you a... see the meat inside? Only when you bite <laughs> in. But you know what? I think you have to believe... Um, that anyway, I, I went to see. I think it was the Quick and the Dead. Was that the Sharon Stone Western? Oh yeah. And That's I saw that as a drive-in movie. Lovely. And um, and we had things like corn dogs and Hershey bars and all that. Were stuff. you with uh, an American? <laughs> I was with an American at the time. Oh. But uh, the suspension seemed to handle it all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Goodness me. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, you will recall last week I was talking about my uh, new car, which I scratched day one. Oh, yes. I, I think it was officially day two. Day one, I suppose, was me driving it from the dealership. Mm. And, um, and, then, uh, and then I wonder if gamblers talk about dealerships. <laughs> Anyway, so I, I, I scratched it day, yeah. we'll call it day two, I suppose. Yeah. And um, I hadn't really checked it out, but then um, my son, my nine-year-old son, boss, said, uh, that scratch is actually quite bad. I said, I don't think it's, it's not that bad, is it? So I went out, I looked at it, and God, man. Is it bad? It, I mean, it's, it's so bad, I think. I must have looked at the wrong <laughs> wing when I looked at it. I, I, it was like a real... Ruin the car completely. Oh. Scratch. Can I ask some um, possibly economically motivated questions? Yes. Is the scratch going 
several panels of the vehicle or is it just like the door or the No, it's wing on the front or... the front w wing uh, driver's side. Oh, okay. Because if it's wing and door, obviously that's two paintwork areas that you need replaced or, or fixed. But um, yeah. if it's just one, then you're probably... I mean, I'm guessing that you're not going to wash it and TP it yourself. You need somebody to... Sorry, is this an AA helpline? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Can I stop you before we get any more Brian Tilsley on this? Um, I, um, after five minutes of me thinking, oh, I can't, this is so bad, I can't just ignore this, I'll have to get it done. It's embarrassing for a man of your means. Yeah, but then mm. Boz... Um, told me that actually it was a prank car scratch sticker <laughs> that oh, he'd got. Funny. Something to do with a Beano, I think, or something like that. I used to have one of those, and yeah. I think it was from the Beano. They're still doing well, it. I, don't, I, I, I made the mistake of buying him 50 great pranks as well at some point. Oh, that's good. But anyway, it utterly... I'll, I'll put a photo of it on okay. Twitter. It totally fooled me. And you know, the great thing about that's being great. pranked is when you realise... Realising you haven't got an enormous scratch on your car is such a gift. Yes. People yeah. used to ask me the time and I would always add 55 minutes or so and then <laughs> say, then tell them the real time and I felt like I'd given them an extra 55 Did you minutes really on do their that? life. Yeah. Why? Because it was nice. They, they were so happy when they realised yeah. it was a bit earlier. Is this like your April Fool's prank? Frank, which uh, regular readers will remember involved Frank running upstairs and saying to his family, help, come on, the toilet's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was all right. Um, I think one of those was my car's been stolen. Actually. Yes, you did. I don't do them anymore. I let Boz do the jokes. No. Uh -huh. Anyway, he went to a joke shop um, this week. Oh. Now, I didn't think they still existed, but he found one in, uh, in Cheltenham. I haven't seen... Um, his array of things yet, but um, I know he, he bought, he purchased some pranks. Can I, as, some, as something of a keen prankster myself at that mm. age, who used to, um, I was often in the joke shop. I had quite a collection. There aren't many about, no, I haven't seen one for years. No, we only, when we went to the Edinburgh Festival, we had to stock up. There was a great joke shop in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. um, may I tell you to avoid if you're presented with a plate with cookies on it mm. and one looks slightly rubbery in consistency yes. maybe avoid that one okay. I did that once to one of my parents' friends and he went oh my god <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> and uh, his tooth slightly fell out I'm afraid well I um, there, I was thinking there must be some jokes like he's got a hand buzzer but how long before that's um, vetoed as a dangerous thing? It's a bit ECT, isn't it? And, well, it depends <laughs> on who you're doing it to. Stink bomb, is that healthy? Well, I don't know. I let those off a no. lot. And actually, Me I think too. you're right. It depends on the it's person. It's beef I eat. <laughs> For example. <laughs> oh, please. I had a whoopee cushion. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Had we had someone like you or Al over, fine. But I would put that under the uh, the gentleman who produced uh, Nazis, A Warning from History. OK. That's ah. not the right person for the whoopee cushion. It depends on the nature of the warning. Um, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I cannot believe still exists, and this must be perhaps the greatest of the joke shop, the exploding cigar. <laughs> that can no longer... Surely that wouldn't be allowed. If anyone can tell me where I can get a hold of an exploding cigar, I'd be very happy. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Can I tell you something that happened to uh, moi? Please do. I was in a park playing uh, football with... Um, David Baddiel. Family and friends. Mm. And... Um, Are you good at football, Frank? No. OK. Um... But there was lots of uh, oh, people awkward. who didn't really play. <laughs> what was that? Alan said, awkward. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, why bring that up? Anyway, <laughs> I can still get some joy out of, you know, playing. I, I see it as the uh, the intentional flaw in the uh, Immaculate Persian rug. Oh, uh, well, I found mm -hmm. it was intentional. As you were. Nevertheless, um... So a man approached me. He had a, a dog with him. I didn't recognise him at all, and I thought it might be a you know 
all right, but he didn't look very um, football y or whatever. Um, and anyway, he said, uh, Hello, I'm Ned Bowman. Now, I don't know if you know Ned Bowman, he's a novelist. And I read, um, I remember I'd read his first two novels, which was Boxer Beetle and the Teleportation uh, Accident. Oh, here we go. And I wrote him a sort of fan email. That's something I hadn't done. I mean, I well, when I'd done it before, there wasn't an email. The last time I remember doing it was I went to see Nicholas Nickleby at the RSC, eight and a half hours. Oh, Roger Reese. And um, it's fantastic, though. It's a wonderful production. Roger Reese, as you say, and uh, Threlfall, I think, a smike. David Threlfall. Anyway, there was, I thought I won't write to them because they're too, you know, they're too big. I'll write to uh, David Collinge, I think his name was. What? Um, because he'd been in uh, Doctor Who and, um, and also he was quite close to us in the intermingling that happened at the beginning. So, uh, you remember him, he was in Robots of Death and uh, Mordrin Undead. Do you remember those? Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, it's feeling very close to home, this. It's sort of actors in Nicholas Nickleby <laughs> at the RSC yes. accepting parts in Doctor Who. Anyway, mm-hmm. he didn't reply to my letter. I wrote him a lovely, oh. long, well, long that, letter. All that red wine wasn't going to drink itself. He was busy. No, but... Um, and... Um, Dear old Dennis Law this week, it was announced that he's got um, dementia. He was a fantastic, fantastic player. And I wrote a fan letter to him. At the same time, I wrote to Bobby Moore, Bobby Charlton and Dennis Law. And from I got an autograph from Bobby Charlton, an autograph from Mm. Bobby Moore. And um, from Dennis Law, I got a printed advert for Shredded Wheat that had a sort of printed version of his autograph on it. And I felt... It just wasn't the same. It weren't the same, Mr. Holmes. Anyway, I just, I, I just, Ned Bowman came over and said, "You, you wrote to me. Do you remember?" And I said, "Yes, of course." And we, it was great. We talked about, you know, novels and dogs and stuff, and it was, it was very exciting. And I thought, well, that could, uh, that could work as a texting, couldn't it? What's, Mm. what interesting responses have you had to fan? I letters. Like I mean, keep it clean. <laughs> I remember that guy from uh, what was it, Beverly Hills nine oh one oh? I think. I oh, think he's no longer with us. I, I think, think a yeah. fan sent him a brassy. Yes, the late, the, uh, the late Luke Perry. And uh, and he married. He married her. Reader, he married her. Yeah. So legend. Um, Coming yeah. up, if, you, <laughs> if you'd like, uh, maybe we could tease this from uh, Pete in Bradford on Avon. Okay. Hi, Frank and crew. I went to Cardiff to watch Foles last week and stopped in a joke shop to get my 10 year old son some jokes. Okay, well, let's show it. Is that, is that a cliffhanger? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on. Uh, <laughs> I've got it written down on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on eight twelve fifteen. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Oh, we left things. Do you remember Pete in Bradford on Avon? Oh yes, yes. He he took his son to a joke shop. Yeah. So where had we got to, Al? He'd uh... Uh, he'd gone to he'd gone to Cardiff to watch Foles, which is with a capital F indicating <laughs> it's the band rather than just some young animals scampering. That'd be love. That'd be great. Uh-huh. What what? How would you respond? Let me ask you this: If you met a bloke in a bar, and he said that he'd actually driven to Cardiff to watch some young horses in a field and then <laughs> driven back again, would you think what a lovely, warm, caring bloke, or would you think? I'm going to get away from this bloke as fast as I can. Well, firstly, I would assume it was some um, sort of sweet little nickname they had for their local football team. I went to watch Foles. But if he actually said it was horses... If he was watching horses in the field, I think that was very concerning. I think there must be nearer. There must be nearer horses in the field to where you lived. Just get Wi-Fi and do it online. Oh, come on, that's not the same. (laughs) Matt Davis, as he's pointed out, didn't the person visiting the Cardiff joke shop have enough horseplay at the Foles gig? 
Ah. Oh, you see, that's... Mm. Come on, Matt. But what happened at the joke shop, more importantly? OK. Oh, he tells us his order. Go on, Al. You, ta- no, you take I'm, this I'm, on. I, Go on. No, I, I, I'm very happy to square no. it back to you in a one <laughs> Don't let me reach into the back of... seat and say, will you two... <laughs> will you stop? Come, will you two stop it? Oh, I always lost those battles. Um, I know, it's time I moved on, though. Uh, anyway, so we're in the joke shop mm. in Cardiff watching the foals. I've looked up. In the field. Yeah. And he's gone into the joke shop to get his 10-year-old son some jokes. The guy in the shop was amazing. It's all right, continues. Okay. And demonstrated loads of jokes and tricks. Demonstrations, Frank. Brilliant. Cool. I left with a bag full of whoopee cushions for that real Bronx cheer. Mm-hmm. Electric shock pen. Whoa. Oh, I don't, I'm not familiar with those, but I like, I like the sound of that. That'd be great. If I was a priest, I might have those for the signing of the register at um, weddings. Chili pepper sweets. Oh, yes, they were always, they were always popular. Water squirting camera. Yes. Disappearing ink. And oh. the big SB. All classic. Not... The stink bomb. Oh, I thought it was going to be an, e- an EC. <laughs> the exploding cigar. Um, if you're ever in Cardiff with Buzz, yes. it's right opposite the castle main entrance. I'll yeah. remember that. Okay. I love Cardiff. Yeah, there you go. Although also, I miss the Doctor actually, Who experience, I've got to tell you that. Somebody has sent you a link to somewhere that you can still buy. Um, cigar bangers, they call ah. them. Um, and it's um, it's somewhere in Maidenhead, I think. I can't really tell from the link because it, you know, it looks all garbled like internet oh. sort of addresses do. Mm. Okay, but, well I'll check it out. That might be handy good. for you after the show. If There's you a gig to in Maidenhead as well, isn't there? No, I played Maidenhead to justify going. I've played Maidenhead a few times. Yeah. We've also had uh, Carl has got in touch to say I sent. We were talking about letter fan letters people had yes. written. I sent a very and responses they had. I sent a very eloquent note to Nightmare. That's K. That's with a as in Knights with a K. Of Camelot. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Nightmare? Yeah. Who are yeah, they? Yeah, I've forgotten the name of the TV show. Is it Gladiators? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, that's what it sounds like. That would be a great gladiator's name. I think so, yeah. Who's your favourite gladiator? I like Nightmare with a KN. It's a very horse themed. I sent a very eloquent note to Nightmare saying I could do the dungeon solo. So I'm assuming they're they're a band, these people. Well, Al knows, don't you, Al? No, it was like a sort of choose your own adventure TV show, but the name of the show has completely slipped my mind now. Okay. And, And now all I can think of is Nightmare as the possible name of the show. And they, I'm afraid they sent a very polite letter back saying, absolutely not. <laughs> OK. But he was seven, so he was chuffed a bit. So sometimes just any contact at all is better than none. Even the refusal mm. will be treasured. Yeah, I think that. Because yeah. uh, my mum wrote to West Brom when I was little, asking if <laughs> oh. I could be a mascot, and, and they wrote back. I've still got the letter. It's not one of those typed, but typed with on the red ribbon instead of the blue ribbon on the typewriter. Mm-hmm. I think it's for yeah, and uh, and it said <laughs> we don't have mascots, uh, but, but should we ever change our mind, we'll call you. It's one of those things. I've still, and have I had the call? Have I buffalo? <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. John Hopkins, one of our regulars. Hopkins. Yes? (laughs) Goodbye, Mr Chip. (laughs) Um, John Hopkins has got in touch to say, uh, I wrote a letter to ex-Olympian and world's strongest man, Jeff Capes. Oh, yeah. In the mid-80s. Remember him, Al? Oh, God. I remember he featured on uh, Baddiel and Newman, or were they Newman and Baddiel? Um, they'll always be Baddiel and Newman to me. Mm. Um, they did that thing, History Today, to old history. Oh, and yes. one says, you know that 
Jeff Capes. Oh, you <laughs> see that Jeff Capes, he used to say. Yes. And then the other, I can't remember who says what, says, I am familiar with his work. <laughs> and he says, that's your mum, that is. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, he was on everything, uh, Jeff Capes. He was a real personality, as they used to call him. So was... he was in the strongman chair. Yeah, he was definitely in well, the strongman a, a chair. A chair uh, I'm very fond of, mm. as you both yeah. know. Anyway, uh, Brian Jacks, was he also... Not strong man, oh. I don't think. He was okay. judo, wasn't he, and superstars. Yeah, I know, but he was a superstar, one of the superstars. He was... Uh, but, yeah. I pictured... You know, when you... When you picture someone who you know, either personally, I always picture them in a certain situation. How do you see mm -hmm. Jeff? Jeff the always... GC, the original GC. Always carrying a fridge. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Because I think that was when they had the sort of the low rent, almost it's a knockout, Britain's Strongest Man TV show, before it went a bit more rock and roll. I think that was one of the things they had to do was carry a free. And it was a very cheap show. I think, I, I think like the, the plug was still on it and the lead. Oh. Oh. And there's a bit see, of water, a bit of water coming out the bottom. That's not like when I, I, I appreciate I do go on about this a lot, but indulge me. <clears throat> when I flew out to Malta, as you know, Frank, to spend a week with the world's strongest men, mm. um, Phil Fister and the like, they did not, they were pulling planes. There were 747s, fridges with yeah. plugs coming off them, please. Wouldn't this be a good, uh, a good, sitcom plot that you get offered but if you had like a woman about town journalist gets offered to go to the world's strongest man thing says yes answers the email says yes and when she gets off the plane there's a big um sign saying welcome world's strangest man and she realized it was a it was a misprint and she's there and she's trapped in Malta with the world's strangest yeah, man. yeah again be... you're throwing away a good sitcom idea i know just well i put air. all my bad sitcom ideas in my sitcoms <laughs> i thought that was that they'd be better there it's a bit like burying um, radioactive isotope in a lead casing Oh, yeah, uh, John Hopkins, Hopkins, just to return to Hopkins, mm -hmm. who wrote this letter to uh, the original GC. <clears throat> Jeff Capes. Yeah. Jeff Capes replied with a letter of thanks and tips on how to care for a budgie. Wow. I did not own a budgie. Had he asked him for tips no. on how to... OK. Maybe oh, Jeff like Capes that. was promoting... <laughs> Something to do with budgery gars. Oh, maybe. I suspect it was. Because yeah, it's a, they're an unlikely combo because they're such a delicate, vulnerable creature, the budgery gar. Although... I think Jeff Capes went on to run a chain of driving schools, didn't he? Unless Did he? I've just made that. You don't up. want to drive like Capes. No, not just through walls. I can't imagine Capes would be... I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Capes. He's not the person I'd go to for the self-restraint and subtlety required in taking my initial test. Well, also, he didn't even oh. switch the engine on. He just connected a chain <laughs> to the front bumper, which you held in your teeth, and then you had yeah. to pull it down the road with him giving you advice and encouragement. And I want an yeah. emergency him just stop, Jeff. mirror signal manoeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> it was pointless. Glenn Maker <clears throat> has an example for us. Email from Glenn Maker. <laughs> Email from Glenn Maker. <laughs> Email from Glenn Maker. It's the REM. It's not oh. Mr. Maker from the kids' television show. Oh, what if it was him? That'd be a, if his name oh. was really Maker and we never even considered that. Oh, can you imagine? Anyway, anyway Glenn Maker... Well, he says... He's just got an example for us, a quick example of uh, That'll Do lyrics. Oh, this yeah, is something of a regular feature on the, on our show. Yeah, it's 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 that moment in a song where the lyrics just sort of collapse. It's like there's a gap and they think, oh, that'll do. Mm -hmm. We need to record now. So they just put anything in. Mm -hmm. uh, he's cited the feeder song, Buck Rogers, mm -hmm. which has the lyric, get a house in Devon, drink cider from a lemon. Yes. <laughs> the trouble is, once you've gone Devon... 
<laughs> yeah. There's, there's about... You're either going to go to heaven or it's going to be... Or you're going what to go to... Kevin? You could go to a 7-Eleven. You could have a half rhyme mm-hmm. with some Keegan. Yeah. I suppose, now I'm thinking about it, you could have your bread on leaven. And you've got your sevens. <laughs> you know, there's all sorts that can be done yeah, there. Yeah, right. You're right. They could, they could have done better. Heaven and bread on leaven. They Glen- could have gone somewhere specific like Torquay. Do you yeah. love heaven, bread and leaven? You see, this is where Frank's thoughts go on a weekend, <laughs> Al. <laughs> Frank, good point. Frank um, Glenn would also like to say he's had to, he had to cancel the Liverpool gig in his hometown he's coming all the way to see you he's journeying to Halifax Aww. he's going to see you in October that's lovely and what I like is he signed off text from Glenn Maker Text from Glenmaker. <laughs> Text from Glenmaker. <laughs> also, just a few other things. Uh, Glenn also says uh, your prank looks like, which is uh, Buzz's joke. Scratch on my scratch car. Scratch on your car. He says, we've put on our social media to show you that. Imagine my horror. Excellent. Mm. Well, Glenmaker says it looks like some miners have walked past your car. Maybe scraped it with uh, oh, okay. soot. Yeah, but if you imagine that the things were black that I drove into, then you get the uh, paint stick into yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, mm. Also, King of Spain 2009, yes, I remember it well, uh, says Brian Jacks asked me to look after his wallet whilst he used the dry ski slope I was working at in Sidcup in 1989. <laughs> Treasured memory. <laughs> <laughs> I love there's so much in that. It's at the Sid Cup. If you're going to do a comedy <laughs> anecdote, use Sid Cup. It's got a good uh, good consonants. And for some uh, reason, dry ski slope is funnier than ski slope. Yeah, because there's just a lot of good stuff. In I've never been on a dry ski slope, but I've I've. It's, it's oh, we're playing. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not play. I've never. Um, do you know? Um, I. Can yeah, I say it's can not I for just, the likes of us, Frank, the dry ski slope, just because I think it's quite hard. I think it would be. But if it must that must be the joy of being a judo sort of black belt guy, is you can say mm. to someone, We look after my wallet. Because what they're gonna do <laughs> You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna look after your wallet. Absolutely. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. We were talking off air. I always like to keep you in touch with what we're talking about off air yeah. if it's not libelous or obscene. <laughs> and so every now and again. <laughs> every, now and again. <laughs> every six months or so. And we were talking about, I certainly grew up at school. It was, uh, when, mm. you know, um, there's always like a big threat, whether it's, um, I don't know, Anyway, threat of um, our times. Yeah, and, and for, for us, it was um, the Russians or someone pressing the button. There was mm. always talk about nuclear. Yeah. I just grew up thinking that was going to happen. We had a lot of nuclear anxiety. Our generation, and mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about this idea of pressing the button. Yes, because you'd often be told the sort of bogeyman thing, or it was often the uh, you know used in the argument for nuclear disarmament was the concept of someone not of sound mind running in and pressing the button. Mm. Now, even as a child, I would question this. Running in. <laughs> it was like... running in yeah. as if they would have access. So they would say some, you know, and then they would use a word to refer to someone who was not of sound mind, could just run in and press the button. Like they're doing Doctor Who if there's a bomb that's going to blow up the universe. And the doctor oh, yeah. stopped it, and then the last minute, someone reaches across and presses the button again, or something. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you should say Doctor Who, and it's not often I say that, because <laughs> uh, that was exactly how I envisaged it, and that's what confused me: is it conjured up this idea of a big red flashing button, sort of constructed by um, yeah. one of the the sort of BBC props That's masters. What I, like, um, like on X Factor when they like the person so much. <laughs> yes, the buzzer. Well, there's that big one where you... Is it X Factor it's or... Golden buzzer. Talent. But there's also... <laughs> it's all family fortunes. It's yeah. that kind of buzzer we're imagining. What we'd like to know, if anyone... Who would it be, Al? Uh, people who work for... It might be just people who read about oh, Homeland I... Security. Yeah, home, anyone working for Homeland I've Security, a, could they get in touch? I've got an idea that the button is in an attaché case. 
yes. gets carried around. It's like Inspector Clouseau, yeah. Frank. The, the trouble is with that is what I don't want. The, I don't like the idea that the pressing the button is based on Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> My experience of Wi-Fi is, let's say, hit and miss. Um, so... Mm-hmm. I... Al, what do you... OK, so uh, you think it's in an attaché case. I think so. Honestly. I think there's a big red sort of Doctor Who button I think in a, a red... room on its own. I think it's a red button, but it's in an attaché case. Al, what do you bit think? A, bit of a waste of that room if it isn't <laughs> room with just... A, I mean, I feel guilty about not using <laughs> some of the rooms in our house as much as other rooms. It's just a shame, isn't it? They could put some books in there or something. Use well, it for storage as it could well. Be, there could be other stuff. Maybe it could be more of a booth. What I'd like it to be. I see it as a booth. Do you know those of like rubber, rubber arm length gloves in walls <laughs> yeah. in laboratories that you put your arms into so you can handle isotopes and stuff <laughs> like that? Um, I like the idea that you might have to put your arm. What I hate about those <laughs> is, you, you know what I mean? They're, they're sticking out the wall. They're like long black rubber arms and you put your hands in, but your face is really pressed against it, the plaster It's work. so science museum and it's why sometimes I get, I worry about the science museum for those reasons. Well, now you've mentioned the science museum. I associate science museum <laughs> visits at school with like... 12 boxes of working exhibits and seven of them working. Oh, really? Yeah, so we, no, I, it's I, very I hope smart the button now. doesn't operate like that. <laughs> I mean, let's try it. Let's try a bit well, better. I hope it does, <laughs> yeah. in fairness. Well, I'd be quite pleased if it was unreliable. <laughs> yeah, but that might mean it just went <laughs> off one day. <laughs> you know, like a burglar arm sometimes just goes off. I mean, oh, how annoying oh, is that? Paul Thompson mm-hmm. has been in touch and he's shed some light on the uh, Jeff Capes Bodrigar incident. Oh, the Jeff Capes uh, <laughs> Bodrigar mystery. Gar mystery. I'd watch that on Channel 5. I would as well. You have watched it. <laughs> yeah. I'd like mm-hmm. it if it was done as a sort of Agatha <laughs> Christie drama rather than as a documentary. I put it to Who'd you that Jeff... it was you, Monsieur Capes. Who'd play Jeff Capes in the... Uh, Ricky in the... Grover. Okay. okay. Oh, good shout. Yeah, that's a great shout. Yeah, we happy with that, everyone? you got mm. a backup plan as a casting director. <laughs> David Baddiel. <laughs> David Baddiel as <laughs> Jeff Capes. Well, Jeff Capes in reduced circumstances... Anyway, carry on. David's not right for Jeff Cates. He's got the beard. No. It's a start. He'd be the sort of um, the coach. I can see him as the sort of brains character. Okay. A sort of coach who was encouraging him to be a drugs cheat or something. And Jeff said, I'm not Uh, the David. I'm getting myself into hot water here. Yeah. Yeah. I just see him as the brains behind the operation. Does it explain the budgetary card? Okay, I'm sorry. Paul Thompson, the company I work for used to work for the World Budgerigar Show. Okay. Now stop showing off. Yeah. Once, when I delivered the order in Doncaster, Jeff Capes was there organising it and he bought me fish and chips. Nice guy. That is nice. So Jeff Capes organised the uh, WBS. I've, uh, Jeff K is probably overestimated. He probably bought fish and chips six times, and he got, he had five, <laughs> and he thought, "Oh, you know what? I can't face that last one." Do you want, do you want fish and chips, mate? So imagine it. Went. I once went to Derby County versus West Bromwich Albion many many years ago, and um, we stopped off at Swaddling Coat for a drink. Mm. Um, which is in Derbyshire. Now, the one thing I knew about Swaddling Coat, it was the home of Jack Bodell, the British heavyweight boxer. Um, so I was quite excited to go there. And I said to the bloke at the pub, I said, this is uh, Jack Bodell country, isn't he? And mm. he said, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I said, is it like a statue or anything? He said, a statue? He said, he delivers the coal here on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, how the mighty have fallen. Jack Bodell anecdote. See you on uh, Absolute Radio. (laughs) Yeah, let's get it back to our uh, more accessible Jeff Capes anecdotes. (laughs) (laughs) And the world budgery gosh. So we don't know the connection. They were delivering budgery gosh. Why was Jeff Capes there? 
Because well, I think he breeds budgies. That's it, um, Al. Somebody has sent me a link to um, Jeff Capes is actually very proficient at breeding budgies, and it's a, a website www.littlepeckers.co.uk, which oh. I've checked it out, and it is um, is a, a sort of it's about birds, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so um, I you know think I'm a, Jeff Capes is into that stuff. You know I'm a regular at um, Zippo Circus, and uh, oh, here we go. Norman, the uh, ringmaster, um, did a, a body You're on act. first name. Oh yeah, first name terms. I am the ringmaster. I am. That's a strange friend. And he, um, he. <laughs> Who should we have over for dinner tonight? Oh, we have David Bedell, the ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Your and he did a fantastic, still does, I hope, a, a bodgerigar act in which they like they walk a tightrope, they drive a little car, <laughs> they climb ladders. And he did it, I think, at the Royal Command performance in like 1967. Can I ask you a question? Does Norman the Ringmaster, mm. when it gets into the bitterly cold winter months, does he have a parka which is cropped? At the waist, Bolero. Do all, are all his jackets uh, ringmaster? I've only ever seen him in the standard red <laughs> ringmaster jacket and uh, the top hat. Oh, wow. He's he's on the traditional <laughs> front. He has a little bit of millet in between. Oh, <laughs> that's my Bodrigar impression. <laughs> what is it, darling? What is it, darling? <laughs> This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Can I... Sign a few stresses, a few different stresses. Keep yeah, it fresh. I, I like you uh, messing around with your emphasis. I enjoyed it. Mm. Lucy Mersey, briefly, uh, has got in touch to say we have an amazing... Don't, don't, don't want to cross her. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, oh, Lucy. Wonderful. Um, we have an amazing joke shop. I don't know if okay. she's wrong. We have an amazing joke shop on Neville Street in Southport. Oh, not far. Yeah, Southport's that sort that's of where vague Alan area. Hansen lives, isn't he? Not Neville Is Street, it? but I think he lives in uh, Southport. Mm. I think he told me he moved there to be close to the golf course. Oh yeah, that would make sense. That sounds yeah. right. When, anyway. you, when you talk about that. Yeah. Um, my great-nephews got a snappy chewing gum packet. Oh, I know, I know the ones. That Two one like hurts you. fake cigarettes. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, I like cool. <laughs> and the obligatory fake dog poop. When they yeah. visited us recently. Oh yeah, that's good. I don't like the I don't like the pee on the end of uh, dog poo. <laughs> Can I be honest? <laughs> it's an American term. Can I can I be absolutely transparent with you? Yeah. I added the P. Oh, did you? Yes, because I I paused over. Paused. <laughs> <laughs> I was slightly concerned, and I thought it's breakfast time. So you think poo? Right. Why don't better? I sanitise it with the additional P and yeah. make it sound more fun? Yeah. A lot of poo and pee in this link. There is okay, a lot of let's, poo and pee. Let's uh. Let's not, you know, tread over and the this P's ground. The P is only a spelling thing, really. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, remember the the never-ending gift that keeps on giving value of can I have a P, please, Bob, on Blockbusters. Oh, yeah, never, it was fun, ever, wasn't it? Uh, it eternally and giving. I'd like you, Bob. Yes. I mean, there are moments like that in life. They're few and far between. Mm. Anyway... What else has been happening? Um, I'd like to discuss uh, a parrot, which, as, as a comedy show, we have to be very careful. <laughs> very bird-based. Uh, with, um, with parrot-based comedy, because I think it's been done in quite a notable way. Are you referring um, to Freddie, Mr Parrotface Davis? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and not, not the Python sketch. No. Um, Freddie Parrotface I, Davis. I, Can I just say, Freddie Parrotface Davis, who was a comedian in the TV comic in the 60s, whose cash phrase was that? He used to. He did, a, he, did a, he did a single called Fentimental Fongs. And uh, he's called Freddie uh, Mr. Parrotface Davis because he had a slightly parrot like face, obviously. 
And I think he went bankrupt in the end. It's a sad story. And he had a, he ran a, a hotel or something. And when the bailiffs turned up, it said on the door, he'd left a note saying the bird has flown, <laughs> which I did really like. <laughs> Respect. Anyway, sorry, parrots. Um, well, I think we may have to have a parrot cliffhanger, actually. I think it's time. Oh, I can't. Or have I got, got another. Yeah, let's have a parrot cliffhanger. Can I, I add to the cliff. cliffhanger? It's not such a cliffhanger if it's a parrot, is it? Oh, yeah. So there's, no oh. Real, there's no jeopardy there. Well, we'll leave it as a perch hanger. <laughs> OK. OK. Let's, let's oh, do nice. That. I can't do... Because that's a bodgery gar, so I don't... So that's a bit horrible as well. Yeah, it is a little bit yeah. horrible. They don't know how I'm doing it. Oh, mm. God. Talking about some birds. Yeah, I'd like to return to this parrot story, please. Oh yes. <laughs> You're not um, on countdown requesting consonants. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I was echoing the Monty Python. Story. Oh, yeah. oh, lovely. <laughs> um, uh, there was a parrot that escaped from Surrey and then spent two days in London, and now it's gone home. It's it's making announcements like on the tube. It's it's saying. You know, ding dong and keep to the left. <laughs> can they learn? Can they learn that quickly? Parrots. Two oh, days. Well, unless, the African unless grey. it mugged up before going. Yeah, I'm exactly. Guessing, I mean, maybe uh, it did some. Uh, the greys are. Duolingo before going. <laughs> <laughs> that there, London. I don't know. Is it a parrot? The figure on Duolingo yeah. is that a parrot? Oh, I don't. I don't oh no, it's an owl, them. isn't it? I thought it was an owl. I don't know. It's Owls some, good at language. It's one of those. This is like what kind of character is Pete? <laughs> Remember we had that the Walt Disney debate. I don't know what the duo lingo. It could be a parrot. It's green, isn't it? You see, you get I green thought owls? it was a green owl. A green owl. Yeah. What I... kind of talk is it? Well, that was actually from the parrot sketch. Lovely. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a green. What? What, you, what, what next are you going to repeat for me, Harry Enfield? <laughs> loads of money. I thought it was a green owl. Um, I, the owls I've come across are. I find them fairly versatile on the language front. They speak all sorts. Owls. Yeah. Owls. I think yeah, of owls mean. as a bit. Who? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Even the producer audibly groans. I know. So, Mm. the grey, um, we should say, what I didn't like, he's called grey. Yeah. It was a happy ending, Al. He was reunited with the owner. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like that the British Transport Police... Mm. uh, Where does their jurisdiction end, incidentally? That's a whole other story. Well, they're all right at Waterloo, surely. Well, they're fine at Waterloo, but that's what I mean. If I wreaked havoc in a bar nearby, Mm. could they still apprehend me? The transport police? I thought you meant, like, are they they really in charge of... (laughs) animal life on the transport system. I, I think they Because surely it's about human fair dodging mostly. <laughs> no, I think all transport like, oh, well, based. I think they're all right with the parrot thing. Okay. They don't seem that bothered about the mice on the tube. Yeah, or Paddington. He was just <laughs> less... He would have been there all night if it hadn't been for the browns. Wearing no clothes except for a coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no clothes except for a coat is... Um, Oh, that's nice, isn't it? How would you feel if some if someone walked towards your family saying, "Oh, he's completely naked, but he's got a duffel coat on"? I'm fine with that. I'd find it a, a weird um, <laughs> transposition of, uh, of descriptions. Completely naked, but he's got a. What are you talking about? Well, exactly. Anyway, what I didn't like is the African grey parrot. It's called grey. I mean, go a, try a bit harder than that. That's like calling me grey because I'm grey. Mm. It's like people who call their son Aaron. I mean, turn to page two at least. (laughs) (laughs) I think, although I didn't like that the British Transport Police renamed him before they reunited Grey with his owner... They called him, they gave him a temporary moniker. They often do this when people are found, sometimes children. They did it with me. Not moniker, no. No, his temporary (laughs) moniker was, uh, they called him Napoleon. And they said, oh, it was a nod to Waterloo. Why you rub Napoleon's face in it? 
Not only that. I mean, it wasn't a great day for him now. If I was the Duke of Wellington, I would be furious that a, mm. a traditional nod to Waterloo is Napoleon. What's a, what's a nod to 1966, West Germany? Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. What a nod to Waterloo. What about, he could have called him uh, Agnator. After Agnator Fultz dog. Frank We've had uh, Red Witch has been in touch mm-hmm. with some uh, updates on Duolingo. Okay. Oh. Duolingo is a weird owl. It's an owl. It is an owl. In some of the language courses, it really harps on about owls. I've noticed that when I was learning Latin. Uh, but, but surely a parrot would be a more obvious or a, maybe a minor. Do you want to get in touch with them or we oh, can yeah. get someone to reach? I think you're right. Well, I'll tell you. I think... I'll tell, you what so I'll tell you what happened with me and Duolingo. When, oh, when, when Buzz was, was in the 90s? When Buzz was doing uh, homeschooling, he was having uh, French lessons. And I thought, I really like this. Yeah. I like, I'd like to learn French. Yeah. And I don't know if you tell me, but it's been my New Year's resolution to learn French since 1986. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know Duolingo existed and Boz told me about it. So I went on Duolingo and I did 10 minutes a day for about a month. I was religiously, as they say. Mm. And um, and then I don't know what happened. There was, you know, work increased or something and life I missed it for a way. day. Yeah, life got in the way. And I missed a couple of days and then three and then four. And then I had a sort of an, a, a message from Duolingo um, which had a sort of a, an emoji of the owl, the green owl, with tears streaming, streaming down its face. That I hadn't, right. um, I hadn't been in. You know the way they do emoji tears? They're not like teardrops. Emotional ma- manipulation. Yeah, isn't it? great waterfalls of um, of owl tears. Yeah, and, great, great uh, tragedy. Oh man, I felt awful about it. And if I you were learning it. ancient Greek and you gave up Greek and they said, it's a Greek tragedy, oh, I'd love, I'd respect them then. Well, I showed it mm. to Boz and um, Boz was really quite upset by it <laughs> and said I should start doing French again immediately. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not having this. I'm not going to be uh, pressured into it. I find oh, good. owls good very um, emotionally manipulative. Owls? Yes. Oh, yeah. I find Duolipo. No, not Duolipo. Not Duolipo. <laughs> That'd be a good one. I want to learn the pop music. Also, what yeah. is the owl doing? I mean, leave the crocodile to those tears. Yes. They don't yeah. belong to you. No, but the owl was claiming they were genuine. <laughs> genuine. T- Maybe the owl had just gone out in broad daylight. <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. And so have you not used the app since? I have Duolipo. not. <laughs> Imagine if you opened it now, what state the owl would be oh, in. Oh, God. Just, you'd just see the, the feet hanging down from the top of the picture. Do you know what I like, Al? <laughs> it's not <laughs> Anyway. Al, I like the way Frank said, I have not. No. He went to the <laughs> Coronation Street pensioner refusing to go decimal. It's a pity. I have not it's a pity, you know. Because I was still... Um, I, I was... I'd, I'd like, in a way, I'd like to go back, but I don't feel I can now. I won't be. Uh, Never manipul- go back. I won't dear. be manipulated by the owl. Yeah. So great. Great. Uh, actually, I shouldn't do French, should I? That's all right. Je ne regrette rien. Oh, you've been hanging out with that owl again. French, I thought. You're spending too much time with that owl, Frank. So the emotional owl. <laughs> Grey the parrot. Grey, yes. Oh, yeah. We've already established, yeah, that the uh, the British Transport Police called him. Oh, I've got a bit of an update on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, go on. Have you got? Yeah. spoken to your contacts in the uh, BTP? 864. We were wondering about the jurisdiction, weren't we? And mm. uh, 864 have said the British Transport Police have jurisdiction within five miles of all roadways, <gasps> waterways and railways in Shut the UK. Up. Wow, that's like when they used to say when you're in London you're always six feet away from a rat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. Another uh, another animal 
the uh, the British Transport Police don't seem to bother with is rats. Yeah. Al. There's loads of them around on the trains and tubes. I'm anointing you sort of expert. I'm anointing you show expert okay. on the uh, British Transport Police. Does that mean then that if I commit a crime 5.2 miles... I'm, I'm you're safe. Fine. Oh, yeah, unless there's another station. <laughs> You've just walked into oh, someone yeah. else's um, pulsing circle, if you'll... Uh, yeah. Can I do that again, Paul? <laughs> There's a thing about, um, at the end of this um, parrot story, the parrot was returned to its... um, Because there's more to this. When they found the parrot, it was on the shoulder, it said, according to the newspaper I read, Mm. on the shoulder of a rough sleeper. We've all been there, dear. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I've woken up there many a time. But I've... um, I've done a bit, <laughs> bit of rough sleeping in my drinking days. And if I'd have woke up with a parrot on my shoulder, I would have just assumed it was imaginary. Well, I'd, I have just been, <laughs> I'd have just been waiting for it to slowly fade as the day progressed. <laughs> I would have assumed you were some sort of long drop, long, long self-carriage. No, but it's, it's that, can that possibly be true? It's on the shoulder of a rough sleeper. When they the, made friends. They're referring to a human being when they say rough sleeper. Yeah, of course. Oh, I thought it was like a yeah. railway sleeper. Oh, no, oh. I don't think it was sitting wow. on one of those. I thought they meant like a roughly hewn railway sleeper. I love sleeper. the idea of it um, sitting on one. <laughs> One of those, yeah, like, um, what's the James Bond film when a, a man shoots an enormous pelican sitting on a, a wooden post and James Bond said, there was no... He said, I'll tell you what he says, what did you do that for? It was, uh, do you remember it? That sounds like... I, I think it was Roger seen. Moore. Yes, it sounds very Roger Moore. Which um, was actually another one of my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> uh, really? No. Um, I... 2021, everyone. Yes, so... Um... <laughs> so th- he woke up on the rough sleeper. The rough sleeper... Didn't want to hand him over, apparently. Really? I think they got attached, you know. Oh, like Long John Silver? Yeah. Was he a pirate, maybe? Long John Silver was ruthless. He'd have sold his parrot in a, in a twinkle of... Yeah. His... He'd have sold his parrot for a couple of Rimmel eyeliners. Exactly. Well, just one would have done... <laughs> Um, did he have one eye, Long John Silver? I can't remember. Do you know what? Too many accessories, Long John. Oh, yeah, parrot. I mean, uh, famously, yeah. Coco Chanel said, look in the mirror and take one thing off. Long John Silver never got that advice. He did, he, he but he went s- for the leg. <laughs> and the earring. Yeah. Silver yeah. earrings, eyeliner, there's the hat, <laughs> there's the parrot. boots, there's Don't the, the parrot. parrot, frilly shirts. Calm down. Uh, so the parrot is not only doing the bing-bong and keep to the left, it's also asking visitors for spare change, which is very awkward. <laughs> um, the London Transport Police, these people were so happy, that the, the family, when they got grey back, that yeah. um, they didn't get grey back. They're not, um, they're not gorillas. <laughs> Uh, bringing sexy back, they're bringing grey back. That's what they, we're doing. It's the, new, it's the new blonde. Yeah. Um, that they um, that they said. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they said because I I, I have. Some... So you're trailing what the people who own grey the parrot said. Well, the 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 producers announced the break, and um, I I think it's all right. I will. I, I want to know. A lot it's... of people out there want to know what they said. Imagine the situation. Stuff, I think. So you've lost your parrot, <laughs> you've given up, you think, oh, we'll never see that again. And then the mm-hmm. British Transport Police say, we've got your... We haven't actually established how they knew it was their parrot, but we'll come, we'll come to that. Well, hurry up, England expects. Exactly. <laughs> Mm. You mm. left so, us on a real cliffhanger. Yeah, it was an Arlene Boyce quote. <laughs> Carlene. Uh, Carlene, is it? Carlene Boyce is the owner of Grey. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you say Grey in a real, with real contempt, like, make an effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Grey wants a cracker. What are we talking about? Anyway... She said that she was so grateful to the London Transport Police. Grateful. For, grateful for bringing back um, Grey. 
and she said, I'm going to um, take them some doughnuts, was what she said. Did she? Now, this right. is stereotyping of the police at their ferry. <laughs> She's watched some stakeout <laughs> movies <laughs> where yeah, there's yeah. been two coppers sitting in a car. And they've got. Is she going to take them coffee in a styrofoam cup? And some uh, and some marriage problems. Yeah, exactly to discuss. <laughs> I mean, come on, give yeah. them a bit more credit than that. And uh, yes, actually, you know, I, when I write donut now, and, when, I, and yeah. I, yeah, when I write the word donut, I write D O N U T. I've I thought it was D O U G. It is, but I've 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 adopted the Dunkin' Donut donut. I write it quite regularly. Well, um, you're a keen diarist, aren't you? I am a keen diarist, and I don't eat doughnuts generally, but I do have what I refer to in my diary as doughnut sleeps. That's what oh. um, Peeps referred to, I believe. Did they? Yes. Doughnut sleeps are sleeps with a hole in the middle. Ah, I see. When I wake up for, like, a couple of three hours in the middle of the night, so I, I, so I will write, you know... Donut sleep last night, and I write D O N U T. I have that is... every night. A donut sleep. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of that. Oh, my darling, I'm so sorry <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> I mean, anyway. if we're all awake at the same time, we could really be having some right WhatsApp banter. Yeah, why not? I'm going to text you next time. I'd love so, to do that. The thing about Grey and the thing <clears throat> about the voices is that some people. They said what they were most pleased about getting Grey back home is that they were looking forward to a nice cuddle with him. Cuddle? Well, exactly. Don't they have over 200 diseases? That was what was <laughs> always said about parrots. Was it? Yeah. They are absolutely... They're very specific, over riddled. 200. Yeah, also, uh, but, uh, not to be just fair, <laughs> from a human at the moment, that's but pretty Frank, uh, flat if... houses these days. <laughs> Al, even if you were comfortable exactly. with 200 diseases... <laughs> not many what, people Not are. many people are, but let's say there are some people. Yeah. What I would struggle with would be... I don't see them as very cuddly. No, oh, let me no. snuggle up to his lovely talons... And yeah. beak, pointy, sharp beak. That's no. you can't cuddle someone with talons. No, that's um, that's correct. I always think that about I Russell Brand. Trim my nails. <laughs> he looks too spiky. Too many chains and <laughs> buckles. That's that Long John Silver. You oh, can't cuddle like, him. Be like going and getting in bed with a push bike. <laughs> um, yeah, we have parrots in our garden on a regular. Basis. Bright green. Are they colourful though? Oh, see, that's the thing. They're gr- I, uh, green, I, I call them. I call them colourful. all green. <laughs> that's their name. There's Graham, Huey. Yeah. Um, who's the one? Who's the top shot? Oh, he's, um, he's gone. You I know, think. cockatoos live till oh, they're yeah, 80. Cockatoos live till they're 80. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Top paper talk. <laughs> Imagine you get a cockatoo and you thought, 80 years of her. I'm not, you can keep doing it, but I'm not going to do a cockatoo, Joe. <laughs> I know you're well, no. I've just bitten my own hand off trying well, Exactly, to. exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've been, we've been absolutely tortured here. It's not, <laughs> simply not fair. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh... <laughs> Look, thank you so much for listening to us this morning. <laughs> And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again. I love doing this show. <laughs> we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.